Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and for the next half hour, we're going to be discovering that there's no power struggle between God and the devil. Many of us have grown up thinking the enemy is on the same level as God. And today on the program, Rabbi Schneider explains that when it comes down to it, the enemy is a created being who is being used for God's plans and God's purposes. And the Lord does not have any competition whatsoever. Our message comes from our study called Hannah's Song. And if you've missed the first message, you can catch up online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now, here is Rabbi Schneider. Shalom uvracha, beloved ones, peace and blessings. We say Hannah in Hebrew, Hannah, Hannah. So it's very similar to Hannah, but we're just taking the H sound and giving it a guttural CH sound. So we're looking at Hannah's song. Hannah was unable to conceive. And in chapter one of 1 Samuel, we read in verse number six that it was the Lord that had closed her womb. Oftentimes in the church today, modern day Christians that don't have a grounding in the theology of the Old Testament think that everything that bad that happens, happens from Satan and God has nothing to do with it. And everything that good that happens, happens from God. And they're in no way able to understand oftentimes that some of the bad things that happen that they think are bad are actually part of God's plan. And that even though they seem bad in the temporal, ultimately there's an eternal purpose of God that's going on in which God is using the bad things, the things that we perceive as bad for something good. And we could not enter into the higher good without the temporal bad things that happen so that even what we perceive to be bad is oftentimes, beloved ones, a blessing. We need to understand as Christians that God's judgment is oftentimes a gift because, for example, if someone has a child that's rebellious, it is oftentimes because the child has never been disciplined or judged for bad behavior. And so sometimes God, because he's a moral God, will bring a judgment into the lives of his godly ones in order to correct them so God's judgments are necessary and needed. And not only that, if God was not to bring his judgment upon sin, like we see so many times illustrated in the Hebrew Bible, then God would not be a moral God. Because in order for God to be the God who he is, a holy moral God, sin has to be punished. And that's why God poured forth his judgment upon his son, Yeshua, the Messiah, for our sins. Hannah understood both of these dimensions of God. She understood that when seemingly good things happened to her, it was a blessing from the Lord. But she also submitted when things were hard as part of God's sovereign purposes for her life. And so once again, before we move on today, 1 Samuel opens up in chapter 1 with verse 6 with the writer of Scripture saying that it was the Lord that closed Hannah's womb. 
they were willing to say, you know what? God is involved in this. It's hard that Hannah's womb is closed. She's suffering a lot of pain. In fact, the book of 1 Samuel opens up with Hannah in the temple, weeping in her heart, talking to God, praying to God, begging God, asking God for a child, committing that she would dedicate the child to the Lord if he would open her womb. But she, once again, attributed everything that was going on in her life as part of God's sovereign reign over the host of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth. The scripture continues that the Lord heard her prayer, and it wasn't long after that until she did conceive, and she brought forth Samuel and dedicated him to the Lord, and he became one of the mightiest prophets that Israel ever saw. But the time that Hannah's womb was closed, although it was painful, it was a time of preparation because Hannah was brought to a place in her life that she said, Lord, if you give me a child, I'm going to totally dedicate him to you. So let's not separate our conception of life in the sense that all the bad things that happen are from the devil and God has nothing to do with them. But let's, when bad things happen, say to the Lord, Lord, how am I to interpret this? What does this mean? How does this seemingly bad situation that I'm in right now or that I'm experiencing, how does this filter in to your purposes for my life? Isaiah 45, verse 5 and 7 says this, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. The one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being, and creating calamity. The King James says evil. I am the Lord who does all these things. You see, beloved ones, His ways are above our ways, even as the heavens are higher than the earth. He has an eternal perspective. We can only see in the here and the now. The writers of Scripture understood that all of life had a purpose. For example, when the Israelites lost a battle, it wasn't just because the enemy overpowered them. There was something wrong. There was a lesson they needed to learn. Oftentimes it was because they had made allegiances with foreign nations, depending on the might of the flesh to win the battle, rather than on just depending on the arm of the Lord. And so I'm just trying to bring you back to Hebraic mindset. God is sovereign. He is God and there is no other. No matter what we're walking through in life, like Hannah, let's look to the Lord and get his mindset on it. Let's not just blame it on the devil, but let's recognize that even beyond that, even if the devil is involved, he can only be involved if God allows him. Just like Jesus said to Pilate, you would have no power over me unless it was given to you from above. So in our life, nothing can happen unless God allows it. The scripture says, not a sparrow falls to the ground apart from the Father. So we always need to be looking to God alone rather than having this dualistic mindset about the devil being over here, God being over here, and that the two processes of what the actions are never can meet. Sometimes God will allow Satan to do something because God has a higher purpose in mind, just like in the life of the Apostle Paul, where Paul said there was a messenger of Satan, Paul said, that was given to him to torment him in his flesh, in his body. And Paul prayed to the Lord, 
Lord, take away this pain, this torment, this messenger of Satan, this thorn in the flesh from the enemy. And Paul said that it was revealed to him that God was the one that sent this thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan, to keep Paul from exalting himself because of the abundance of the revelation that Paul had received. You see, the natural tendency of the flesh is that when we receive such revelation, our natural disposition is to get puffed up. But to keep Paul from getting puffed up, to protect him, God is using Satan for his own purpose. Satan just is taking glee in the fact that he's causing torment to Paul, but God's got a higher purpose in it, and God's purpose is for good. So this messenger of Satan comes to keep Paul from exalting himself, and Paul prayed to the Lord, Lord, take away this pain, this torment. Finally, God says, no, Paul. My power will be perfected in your weakness, and my strength will be sufficient for you. Then Paul goes on, he says, therefore, I'd rather boast in my weakness because in my weakness, his strength is being perfected. So do you see, beloved one, what I'm wanting to impart to your soul right now? Don't have this dualistic mindset of, oh, the devil did this. No, let's whatever happens to us in life. I'm not saying the devil never does anything, but whatever happens, let's say, Lord, what are you saying in this? What's your mind in all this? Because I know that you cause all things to work together for good. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi will be right back. But first, we have an announcement about a new book from Rabbi. The Old Testament is more than a collection of traditions. Rather, it paints a rich and colorful picture of Jesus, proving that He is indeed the Messiah, drawing from Hebrew tradition, where prophecy is multidimensional in Messianic Prophecy Revealed. Rabbi Kurt Schneider unpacks scripture that not only declares the future, but he reveals how the whole of scripture points to Christ. Call 800-777-7835 or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com and be absolutely confident that Jesus is the Messiah. Messianic Prophecy Revealed. We're so excited about this book release. It really does build absolute confidence that the Old Testament points to Jesus as the Messiah. So get your copy today and now. Here is Rabbi with the rest of today's message. And so back to our text, the Song of Hannah or the Song of Hannah. We started out in chapter one, verse six, that her womb was closed. And the author of the text says that the Lord had closed her womb. And then after going to the temple and praying and saying, Lord, if you open my womb, I'll dedicate my child to you. And sure enough, the Lord opens her womb. She conceives the prophet Samuel. After she had weaned him, she brought him to the temple. And that's where we pick up now in chapter two, which is the point of our series here, the Song of Hannah. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in Yahweh, the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. You see, what the devil meant for evil, God used for good. In other words, the devil might have an assignment against us. She said, because I rejoice now against my enemy. 
She might have understood that it was the enemy at work that was keeping her womb close, but now she understood that what he meant for evil, God meant for good. He was ultimately involved in all of it, and now she had victory over her enemy. So she said, my mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Did you know, beloved one, that Yeshua promised you that as you continue to cling to him, as you continue to make him your God and savior, he's gonna bring you to a place where you will exalt over your enemies, over all those that accused you, over every spirit that's condemned you, over everybody that's laughed at you, you will have the last laugh in Messiah Yeshua. Notice what Hannah says, my mouth speaks boldly against my enemies. Jesus said, I will cause those that accused you to bow down and to know that I have loved you in the book of Revelation. So I want you to know you're gonna do what Hannah did as you continue to put Yeshua first in your life. You're gonna come to a place in your life where every accusing voice that has been brought against you, you will condemn. This is the word of the Lord and his story written over your life. Hold on, be strong, because God is gonna bring you to a victorious conclusion in your life. You may lose some battles, beloved child of God, but you will win the war. It looked like Jesus had lost when he was on the cross and they were laughing at him and mocking him and spitting on him. It might've looked like they had the last laugh, but Yeshua, rose from the dead. And now he sits at the right hand of God, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And beloved, the same thing's gonna happen in your life. Every mouth that has accused you in judgment, you will condemn and you continue to live for Jesus unto the very end. Baruch Hashem, blessed be the name of the Lord. Victory is over your life. Hannah continues in verse number two. There is no one holy like Yahweh. Indeed, she continues, there is no one besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Notice again her filter. We have to interpret life only through the filter of the fact that there is one sovereign God. And even when bad things happen, we have to ask God, what are you saying to me in this? What can I learn from this? How can I respond to this? How can I put my foot down over this? How can I handle this so that it will be used for good in my life? Because at the end of the day, there's only one God. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord. And so Hannah interpreted both the hard times in her life and the good times in her life through the fact that there was only one sovereign there is no one like you. There is no one besides you. Nor is there any rock like our God. Let's continue in verse number three. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. The Lord is the God of knowledge and with him actions are weighed. Notice the first point she's making here. Boast no more so very proudly. For the Lord, Yahweh alone is God. You know, today when I look at secular television and I see all the moves that people are making, you know, like this, all about me. Everything is me, 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 me. Notice it's all focused on the exaltation and the pushing forth of me. But Hannah had a revelation of the Holy One 
And her response in this revelation was, there's no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there's no one beside you. Boast no more so very proudly. I wonder how many, when the whole world is standing before Yahweh, naked and transparent in His power, in the revelation of His glory, I wonder how many will be acting before Him like they do now. I wonder how many will have the same personality that they have right now. No, it'll be completely, absolutely, radically changed. Because you know what the best response is to have before God, first of all? Silence. Just to be silent before Him. That's what Job did when God finally brought Job into the fullness of revelation. Job was trying to interpret what had happened in his life the bad things that had happened. He started speaking about this and that and accusing God and all the counselors of his started giving him advice. Finally, when God showed up, you know what their response was? They put their hand over their mouth. Silence. So I want you to ask yourself for a second, is the way that you act, is your personality, is it exalting self? Is it proud? Is it like, look at me, look at me, look at me. How are you going to feel when you stand before the Lord? Will that type of personification of your essence, of who you are, be holy and acceptable and clear and cleansed? I mean, is what you're doing now, is it going to be able to stand before the Lord in the fullness of His glory and power? And if the way that you behave now, or if that which you're receiving into your life, the shows that you're watching on television, the types of personalities and the types of energy that you're receiving, which is centered in the me, in the individual sense of exalting self in pride. If what you're doing now and what you're receiving now will not be able to hold up when you stand before God in the day of his power, what that says is we have to change what we're doing now so that what we're doing now will stand in his power as if it was the day of God's power. In an essence, what I'm saying to you, beloved, is we need to repent. Hannah realized that all proudness needs to be abased because there's only one that's holy. He's God in heaven above on the earth beneath. Whether her womb was opened or closed, she had to give honor to the Lord and filter all her life through him and walk before him with a sense of his holiness, a sense of his beauty, and a sense of his glory. So I wanna challenge you and I today, beloved one, let's lead a life that reflects something similar to the spirit and disposition of Hannah. God is holy and he's calling you and I to be holy. Now is the day of salvation. If today you're hearing his voice, repent and change your life. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Rabbi Schneider right here on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. And if you just repented and you gave your life to Jesus, or if you'd like to know more about Jesus, then please go online to our website and connect with us today. On our homepage at discoveringthejewishjesus.com, you'll see a white heart in the middle of the page that says, Find Jesus. We've linked a couple 
couple of video presentations there to help you learn more along with a prayer request form. And when you reach out today to let us know that you're listening and that you made the decision to accept Jesus, we'll send you two free books as our way of saying welcome to the family of God. And if you already have a relationship with Jesus, but God is nudging you to speak into someone else's life right now, we'd love to explain how you can partner with us this year. And now here is Rabbi once again to share a little bit more about why being obedient to God's call is so important. God's love demands a response. In other words, the love of God is calling us to respond. And this is why Jesus said, if you love me, he said, you'll keep my commandments. So as I think about this in my own life, I think there are three areas in my life that the love of God is demanding a response from. What I do with my time, what I do with my talent, and what I do with my treasure. And I'm always trying to examine myself as to whether I'm giving myself fully to the Lord. As we come to the end of the broadcast today, I would simply ask you, if the Holy Spirit is feeding you through this ministry, and you feel Him leading you, urging you to sow your financial gift unto the Lord through discovering the Jewish Jesus today, just be obedient, because when we're obedient, a channel is opened up in our heart for the Spirit of the Lord to take possession of us. And beloved, not only that, by sowing to the Lord through this ministry, you'll be a channel that'll be used to the Lord to bless others. To support this ministry with a gift of any amount, or if you would like to partner with us monthly, you can give online when you go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com or just give us a call and one of our team members will be happy to talk to you when you dial 800-777-7835. And you know, we're truly so grateful for your voluntary financial gifts and prayers. And we can't say thank you enough for valuing rabbis' teaching and wanting to see this ministry thrive not only in your local listening area, but all around the world. And as a token of our appreciation for your financial gifts, we'll send you the latest copy of our newsletter, and it's filled with exclusive content, ministry updates, and there's even a letter from Rabbi's wife, Cynthia, that's designed to inspire and encourage you each month. We'll also send you Rabbi's Message of the Month on CD or as a digital download. And if you're looking for another way to stay connected with us this year, be sure to sign up to receive our Seeds of Revelation devotional. This free weekly email, it's delivered automatically to your inbox every Friday, and it's a great way to start the Sabbath off right. So sign up today when you visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And right now, let's wrap up today's message from our series, Hannah's Song with a special blessing from Rabbi. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, we find a personal blessing from God our Father. This blessing should touch our hearts because it's so personal. Father God wants to intimately bless you, so receive his blessing into your life today with gladness and an open heart. Yavah Vaishmarecha Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. That's discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider explains how to let God deliver you from pride. That's Tuesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.